0: Welcome in to the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast. Dan Claskins, James Adams back with you here, getting you ready for 2021 fantasy football, guiding you towards that championship with the help of our trusty tool, the Fantastics Draft Advisor. We're going to break it out here today. You can get it for yourself over at insiderfootball.com. We're offering up a complimentary trial there, and we'll certainly pull it out as we dive into another topic here on episode six of our new podcast. And if you're new to the show, welcome. We love our new listeners If you've already been following along the whole time, we especially love you, our loyal friends. You can find myself and James weekend mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern is when it comes on all August long to 1 p.m. And then Saturdays, 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. once the season starts over on Fantasy Sports Radio on the Sirius XM platform. That's Channel 87, the SXM app. And, of course, uh, wherever you want to subscribe to it here, we do it on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and uh, today... We're diving into third down indicators. And as our friend, Anthony Perry has drilled into our brains, uh, how players perform in these pressure situations that often can really dictate what separates the good from the great, the great from the elite and not just football, but in fantasy. And it's a big part of the algorithms, uh, all the engine driving, uh, our project projections and the stuff that the fantastic draft advisor tool is spitting out there. And, so many great metrics at your fingertips, and uh, we're going to dive into them here today. James, money is on the line, pressure situation, and me and you, neither of us played uh, you know, collegiately or anything, but we played enough in high school and before that, gosh, man, even at, the, even at that level, there were just some dudes I can remember even playing against that they had like ice in their veins, man, because when, when the game was on the line, you wanted the ball in their hands. And that's a little bit of what this data is going to talk about and what we're going to look at here today.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I can think just playing personally, I can think like getting way more excited for two yard runs on third and one than, you know, 15 yard passes on first and 10, right? Because you had another chance on second and third. You didn't have another chance if you didn't convert third down. And so, like you said, you hit the nail on the head. That's when you want the best player, the most clutch player with the football in their hands, whether it's handing it off to him, whether it's catching the football. And let's face it, you keep the chains moving. So it's not just the production on that play. It's the opportunity to produce for three more plays to keep a drive going, right? How many times does it, a little first down, third down to first down conversion, way back on your own side of the field, spark a big drive? So these are huge plays. I mean, it's third down is the biggest play in football. You know, how often do you see a defender after making the play on third down, hold that fist in the air, indicating fourth down like that is a sign of absolute triumph for a defender. And of course, the opposite is the hand push forward first down signal. And that's what moves the chains. That's what makes fantasy football and all of football happen. It's the most important down in the game outside of the rare fourth down try.
0: Yes, uh, I can't agree with you more on all of that. So we're going to dive in. Before we do that, though, we got to tell you about this great offer we have with our new partner, Thrive Fantasy. And right now we're giving away our fantastic Draft Advisor tool and our entire touchdown package. This is the regular season content, the, the draft tools. All you need to win, you can get it for free. Free, that's right. No tricks, no anything. This year, there's just one thing you have to do. you got to go over to InsiderFootball.com. And right there, you can make a $20 deposit on Thrive Fantasy. You'll get the touchdown package plus a $20 credit on Thrive Fantasy. You can use this credit to enter Thrive Fantasy Contest and win even more cash using your free Insider Football tools. This is a $90 value for a $20 deposit. All you need to do is visit InsiderFootball.com. Click on the sign-up link to see the details of the offer, and you'll get the free 2021 Fantastics Draft Advisor. All right, James, let's dive into this red zone, or excuse me, not red zone data, but third down indicators, what we're looking at here today. And, you know, I think in terms of the various positions, uh, I think obviously quarterbacks in third down situations are the ones that I really like to talk about, right? Because Mm -hmm. they're they're the ones that on third down every time uh, have the ball in their hands, you know what I'm saying? And passing rushing whatever it does but you see the you see the passer rating is on third down you know what do these guys do in these situations another good stat we're not going to get in here today but like what's the passer rating under pressure right uh, you know when these guys have a clean pocket it's a little bit easier to be a little more efficient but when, what they do when the pressure's on so that's another stat I like at but just on third down of players uh, that you know you would expect to see, have some stuff in there, and we're going to, you know, exclude out like some players only played a few games, but Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. No surprises. If you look at the first <laughs> no. three names on the list, who has the best passer rating on third down? And it's those three. Brady's a little bit behind them. But James, what's really interesting is the fourth quarterback on the list. Yep. Derek Carr, 106.5 third down passer rating. And when I go over to our trusty friend, the fantastic draft advisor over here, and I'm looking at the quarterback rankings, a guy that's been getting pushed up quite a bit. Uh, and, yeah, we're not saying he's QB1 here. Correct. But more value than most are giving him credit for. There's few players at the quarterback position that the draft advisor is like sending up a good signal to me more than my brain was initially than Derek Carr.
1: No, no doubt about it. And as I sorted the table and saw that he was after those guys, because right, you see Mahomes, you are like no shocker. You see Rodgers, absolutely no shocker. Uh, Brady, again, same thing. You are talking about elite, Hall of Fame, franchise cornerstones. Derek Carr, I think maybe was once thought that he could be that for the Raiders, and he's been decent. I, you know, some of it maybe is the fact that he gets, you know, when he gets those TV time games, who do we see him play? Herbert, who was a star last year in the making. Mahomes, who is the best player in football potentially right now. Maybe not, but if he's not, he is over the next decade. So you maybe just don't see the shine on Derek Carr as much because of the guys he's going against. But my goodness, you look at the numbers, and it's not like these are small numbers, right? His pass attempts, 152. No, I'm sorry, 136. Brady was 152. So, I mean, he had a, one of the highest number of passing attempts on third down, too. So this isn't just a fluky number. This is the real deal. And if you're talking about a guy in two QB, super flex setups where you want to feel really safe about the second quarterback you take, it's hard to feel better about Derek Carr. There's one other guy here that I took as a backup quarterback last night, Dan, who gets pushed up to our board as well at Fantastics, who also is kind of high on this list, but not as high as Derek Carr. All
0: right. Well, then, who is it?
1: What's Kirk Cousins, Dan. I drafted him last night, uh, and I had Burrow. I was looking for like an upside quarterback, and again, we were in a room full of sharps, so Cousins is my backup, which basically he's ranked right next to Burrow in our Fantastics ranking, so he was he's being forgotten on draft boards, and I get that people, after they get a starter, are looking for upside guys like Fields and Lance that can absolutely change the game, but you go back to these third-down indicators, and, and Kirk Cousins is He's just criminally underrated, and I have to acknowledge that about three weeks ago, we did our NFC North preview, and he was my dud, and I took a little heat from somebody online for it, and they were right. I was wrong about that. He really is not a dud. I mean, he was a top 10 in passing yards and touchdowns last year, and their defense is not as good as it once wanted to be. Dalvin Cook catches the ball a lot of out of the backfield. So you look at Kirk Cousins and his passer rating. He's one of the top 10 guys that get to play a lot. I mean, heck, he's just below Allen. He's just below Carr, too. So Kirk Cousins, a guy with 116 passing attempts on third down. Again, a team that wants to run the ball, but that's just the same as Josh Allen, right? Josh Allen had 114, so we're talking about a very similar number. Cousins doesn't have the rushing floor, of course, but you go back to to what he does. His passer rating on third down, 98.8. Kirk Cousins criminally underrated and a guy who gets pushed up the board on our software. And part of it is the fact that he completes these third downs. And of course, as we talked about the red zone stuff on our last podcast with Adam Thielen, I mean, he's got a great target. Now he's got a couple of great targets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if I'm looking at some quarterback numbers that sort of come at me in the wrong way I and mean, Baker Mayfield, here's a guy 75.2 pass rating on third down plays. So, uh, I mean, here's a run-first team. Mayfield, an interesting guy. I mean, I'm big on the Browns this season. I think they're going to be a team to reckon with. And Mayfield will have some big games. But he's just never going to get to the QB1 range for me. And these third-down stats don't do anything to boost that. We see Joe Burrow, obviously, hurt as a rookie, just 75.3% passer rating on third-down. And James, probably that was the offensive line, right? Mm -hmm. We know with Burrow under pressure, Third down got to be a tough spot to be in and the offensive line grade inside our fantastic draft advisor tool for the Bengals D plus. So Joe Burrow being drafted uh, probably in about the right spot right now. I see him go anywhere from 11 to 14 off the board and I think that's exactly where he belongs. Mm -hmm. But. He needs to get better protection, and that I think if he could get a little bit more time to to get the ball out of his hands, we can see some more success maybe in year number two in this regard.
1: Yeah, you're right about that, and I, you know, I mean, Burrow, the obviously is being drafted for upside, and there's been plenty of conversation between you and I and everyone about what they did in the draft line. Good, bad. D plus is an upgrade from last year. Either way, they still have a long way to go. He's got to stay upright, but yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, those conversion rates, and that's a rookie coming into the league, which I think makes Herbert's third down uh passer rating. So impressive all the way up there, just behind Derek Carr is really, when I look at that, because much like Burrow Tua low on the board hurts, low on the board. And I'm willing to give that a bit of a pass because they were young guys that's to me what makes Herbert look so exceptional and perhaps what has people a little overvaluing him because like you said when we were doing the podcast uh yesterday or or the previous one here how it, it is he's he's great he's an elite talent he was kind of the first guy off the board a couple of years before his final year of college and he fell a little bit but Little reason for pause, because those other guys didn't show those growing pains, and I'm worried that Herbert will. But yeah, you mentioned Burrow. You look at the other young guys, only room to grow from down there. There's some other names down there at the very bottom of passer rating that are a little bit concerning as well, Um, but small sample size. Like Dak Prescott, I'm surprised with how good fantasy-wise he was that his third-down conversion or his third-down passer rating was so low, even though I know it is a small sample size.
0: Yeah, and you do have to... I mean, do you have to put that type of context in a lot of these numbers? Can't get too carried away. And again, just to make sure we're clear here, we're not using this as like the Bible or anything uh, when in fantasy football. I mean, these are just some of the factors that we're looking at. And on third down, like, okay, who's going to get it done? While we're talking passing, let's just stick to receivers and tight ends a little bit and, targets receptions and targets and different things that we look at and who are the players when teams have to go and and convert who are the guys that are getting the action and let's start with some receivers here James and you know you look at so many of the studs and you know I like to always throw out the numbers for like some of the best and then that way when we talk about the others it fills in the play here but Devontae Adams for instance Here's a guy that on third down alone last year, we saw 39 targets. He pulled in 29 of them, 405 yards, four touchdowns, uh, and 93.5 fantasy points just on his third down numbers alone. Uh, so his reception target share, you know, 74.4%, James, on third down, that's the where they went. And That's what I'm looking at. Who is that go-to player? on that third down and that was pretty big that it was him but you know who actually tops him in fantasy points on third down an even bigger reception target share in this regard Keenan Allen and we talk a lot about all these stud wideouts, and I know that the touchdowns aren't there but Keenan Allen might be the most underrated wide receiver one in fantasy football
1: I won't argue with that. Um, I mean, he got hurt at the very end last year, and you wonder if that didn't bother a few people because he had shaken that injury reputation from his early years. So maybe that bothered a few people. Maybe it's the thought of a Herbert uh, decline a little bit. Maybe they're worried about Eckler and Mike Williams getting those targets, but you're absolutely right. Keenan Allen, I mean, he is a stud. Maybe some of it's the fact that he plays for the Chargers, right? They're on the West Coast. There's a little bit... Uh, less interest in his games not as many people see all of his games perhaps like there's a lot of reasons it could be but the reality is Keenan Allen has been a stud and and I'm right there with you man if I'm in a PPR league and I start a draft with guys outside the receiver position and I can get him in a 3-4 turn I'm really happy to get to get to that point look he only played 13 games last year he had 9 quality starts what more do you want from him
0: yeah the thing is it's the touchdowns, right? I think that's always been what yeah. folks uh look at with him and I think the other part with with Keenan Allen up until last year uh you know we had a lot of competition there you know especially at the tight end position with you know for Hunter Henry and and with that him moving it's like I I only feel like these numbers are going to go up. I mean Mike Williams is always a threat and but he's We'd, always been there. Yeah, but like there's less to me, there's less competition for those money catches even this year. So that's why I'm, I'm pretty big on Allen and even looking inside of our fantastic draft advisor tool where, you know, we project over 900 players. I mean, Keenan Allen, uh, here's a guy that is legitimate, uh, wide receiver one, hands down. I mean, his season, as you said, was cut short with only six games in the second half, yet he still managed to post nine quality starts, did it with a rookie quarterback. His success in the red zone, 43%, uh, is is okay, but he commands more targets than the 42 in the red zone. And it's a top 10 receiver selection, a safe bet, especially in PPR leagues. Calvin Ridley, another interesting name, a guy that I'm really bullish on. And you're looking at a player that on third down last year, 31 targets, 22 catches, 320 yards, pretty solid there. 78 fantasy points, had a, a 71% reception target percentage there. So I think Calvin Ridley, sky is the limit. What do you think about some of these Steelers receivers? We saw in the red zone, Deontay Johnson, who's their most people's thinks their receiver one here, but Juju Smith-Schuster and Chase Claypool definitely look getting red zone looks, and they're definitely getting third down looks as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the receiving core in Pittsburgh. My goal usually is take the last one available off the board because I think they are fairly similar. But they're, they're, you can't deny that there's a rapport with Ben, and obviously they're going to have third down opportunities in the air more, I think, because one, they're going to throw the ball to Najee Harris even uh, even when it's planned, but they don't have a bruising running back to, to get you grind out first downs. Uh, I look at Juju. He's a very, very high on the list. So y- I'm not going to tell you that I think he's going to finish number one out of the Pittsburgh Steelers receivers, but he certainly can. We've seen him do it before, and I will take whichever one I get cheapest, but it's interesting to see both Johnson and Smith-Schuster – top 10 in targets on third down. That means they threw the ball a lot on third down at Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, We talked a lot about the Denver receivers, Jerry Judy. I know some disappointed and his catch percentage was a little off. A lot of that could have been, um, you know, Drew lock drew lock, but a lot of buzz with Judy in this camp. And we're looking at last year, what he did as a rookie. Wasn't that great necessarily on third down just 50 uh reception uh rate there pulling in 18 of his 36 catches but he was targeted 36 times which puts him in the uh, upper echelon there and some room to grow just two receiving touchdowns but james any other of these trendy guys coming up that you're looking at this third down data and, and seeing anything
1: that's really all that surprising to you russell gage the targets he got. He's at the top of this list. I mean, not the tippy top, but he's really high up on the list. Now his fantasy points for the 41 targets weren't, uh, amazing, right? He had 69.3 fantasy points. Meanwhile, guys around him were scoring much more. He caught 27 of his 41 targets on third down, but they've got to throw the ball to somebody that wasn't Hurst. Hell, it wasn't even, uh, it wasn't even Calvin Ridley. It was Russell Gage. So, People are looking to see who's going to take over for Julio Jones. Maybe nobody is. Maybe Russell Gage is already that guy there. That to me, I think is the most interesting name of anybody here in the top 15 or 20.
0: Yeah. I like uh, Tyler Boyd. You talked about the dealer situation. I mean, don't kid yourself. T Higgins and Jamar Chase should be drafted ahead of Boyd, but Boyd's falling a little later in drafts, right? That ADP is around or two behind there. And, I don't know. I I think you look at what he did on third down last year. I mean, an impressive 73.1% catch rate there. He pulled in 19 of his 26 targets. Uh, So when a third down, you want want a receiver that's going to catch the ball. He did it nearly three out of four times and some three touchdowns. So in a, a lot of three receiver sets here, I mean, Tyler Boyd probably liking better as a wide receiver three in fantasy, but I think he's a high-end wide receiver three. I think there's going to be weeks where he delivers much better than that. Uh, it's interesting, though. I mean, T. Higgins got hurt, so not a lot of great data on him and just very limited action uh, during his rookie season where when Burrow was in there, uh, I mean, it was pretty good there for a stretch, but 14 of 21, 66.7% uh, uh, catch rate on those third-down targets. So he, he proved to be viable. Now you got Jamar Chase, the first-round pick, I think there'll be plenty of options on third down for those Bengal
1: receivers. I think there's a good chance they'll have a lot of third downs. They'll be throwing the ball a lot on first and second down too, playing from behind. I'm not making a whole lot about there's some buzz about the defense here in Cincinnati. I'm not gonna make too much of that until I actually see it uh, against a real offense. Not Tom Brady for three snaps. I expect there to be a ton of balls to go around. So it's almost the exact same scenario in Cincinnati as it is in Pittsburgh give me the receiver that falls the furthest because there's going to be a ton, ton of balls to go around. And Tyler Boyd, I mean, he is, look, is he an elite receiver? No, but he was on a really nice trajectory, not only last year, but in career until the Burrow injury. He had a thousand receiving yards the previous two years. And I think with Burrow under center, he gets to a thousand again last year. I don't think there's any reason to think he can't reach a thousand. He may not. We're projecting a little less because there are fewer, uh, fewer shares, right? Because you got Jamar Chase now. But I definitely think that Boyd is a guy, as you said, a high end wide receiver three. He's a guy who could be an absolute 10 catch monster from in certain weeks when the matchup's right. The problem is you got to make sure you have him in your lineup that week.
0: Yeah. That is, sometimes that is the challenge. And I think another guy who thinks a sneaky wide receiver three is Curtis Samuel. Obviously just uh, had a slow start to training camp with his new team, the Washington football team with being on the COVID list and such, but back into the grind here and really saw him take a step forward last year in his final year as a Panther. And James, he pulled in 80% of the catches and targets, I should say, he had on third down. So 17 catches on 35 targets, uh, or excuse me, I'm I'm misreading the uh, stat line there. It's 28 catches on 35 targets, 348 yards. So, Granted, whole new team, whole new quarterback, whole new system. But it when the the clutch plays were on there last year, he delivered. And you couple that with his electrifying playmaking ability he has at times. Curtis Samuel, uh I like him a little bit better probably as a wide receiver four than a wide receiver three, but I think a guy that's gonna have some big weeks ahead and help fantasy owners along the way.
1: Yeah, I would totally agree with you. Uh I think at some point the hype was getting a little bit high on him because the familiarity with, uh, the with Coach Rivera, you know, that's the organization, not the organization, but coaching staff that drafted him in Carolina. Adam Humphrey's coming in, the, the request from Fitzmagic and the r- rapport that those two have has cooled me on Samuel a little bit. So I don't know where I'm at with him. Now, of course, after we see a preseason game next week where Fitzmagic hits him for a long one or, you know, a couple all of a sudden he'll be right back up there in my darling phase but while the talent's there and I, I was thinking I was ahead of the curve on him in the summer I'm a little concerned now because the connection between Fitzmagic and Humphreys is real
0: yeah well and they're as you said they're very deep the biggest problem I have with the Washington football team as much as I like the weapons they put in place I respect that defense so much as mm mm-hmm. Just not really sure how much uh, we're going to have to see them playing from behind. I mean, not to say that they won't be playing from behind, but I don't think it's going to be shootout city in D.C. by any measure. Not often. Curtis Samuel coming in with an official projection inside of our Fantastics Draft Advisor, where by the way, we have over 900 players projected all these metrics at your fingertips. Check out a complimentary trial of it over at InsiderFootball.com if you're not already a subscriber. But we're calling for 66 catches, 725 yards, five touchdowns, uh, which is pretty impressive numbers, but add into it eight 180 uh, rushing yards as well. So uh, a total of six touchdowns altogether. So we're assuming maybe he gets one on the ground as well. And, you know, here's a guy that uh, James last year, obviously uh, a decent finish with four quality starts in eight games. But as I said, I think he's going to have even a bigger uh, games in the season ahead. Let's talk about one more receiver situation before we turn it over to tight ends and and look at the Bucks because, man, I feel like this is another one of these situations. If we're looking at ADP, I like the one going last, right? Because uh, Antonio Brown in our blended ADP inside of our fantastic draft advisor. I mean, we got a B. I mean, he's pretty far down the list, but I mean, he's going in like round ten. So, I mean, I don't, we're not like screaming like, Hey, go grab him uh, because he's this awesome steal but he's just going so many rounds behind Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. And you'll see both these guys in our fantastic draft advisor. I mean, you look at the blended ADP and both of these guys, I mean, you're, it's about a half a round of over drafting on Chris Godwin, almost a full round on Mike Evans, but on third down in particularly, if we're just talking about third down indicators, Chris Godwin actually had a lot to like and. He was battled injuries last year, so if he falls deep enough, a guy I do like, and 70.8% uh, reception rate on third-down plays where he pulled in 17 catches on his 24 targets for 254 yards and two touchdowns. Godwin had a lot of hype last year, sort of dissipated a little bit this year, but uh, a guy that I'd love to have on any team if I can get him at the right price.
1: You know what's crazy is when Antonio Brown joined the team, Godwin became more productive. He had seven quality starts last year. Five of them were in the second half when Antonio Brown was on the team too. That is not what I would have expected. Um, But I'm with you because what you can get from Antonio Brown, you're talking wide receiver five at that point in the draft potentially, with with a player who is Hall of Fame talent. I assume he will end up in the Hall of Fame. And he's still got it I mean he's 33 years old but he showed he could get it done last year when it mattered so again you're talking about getting the value and Antonio Brown has certainly been a guy who was trusted on third downs in his career too
0: yeah no doubt about it any final thoughts you have on any receiver situation before we move to some tight end discussion
1: I don't think so you know I was looking at like running backs too to see if who was getting the ball and you know, if you're trying to find a running back who's going to dominate third down catches, you're probably missing the boat here because outside yeah. J.D. McKissick was the leader in third down re- receiving yards. So as much as we like backs, PPR backs, don't overvalue it. I well, guess is even, what I'm even the
0: at. rushing yards and backs, I mean, who knows if it was third and 20, right? I mean, Correct. Uh, you're looking at a guy like, for instance, Melvin Gordon. Uh, Yeah, he averaged 10.8 yards a carry, James, but 140 yards on 13 carries. That could have been a third and 20 that he turned into a touchdown. So
1: exactly, it's
0: really hard to um, look at that. I do think it's interesting rushing attempts on third downs. Uh, I mean, Dalvin Cook led the pack with 27. Or actually, uh, he didn't lead the pack. It's Malcolm Brown uh, with 29 third down rushing attempts when he was with Ram. Now he's with the Dolphins. That's interesting. Then you get it is interesting. then you get Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, not a surprise, with twenty-six, Jonathan Taylor with twenty five. So those are your leaders. And then you get into a range of Kareem Hunt with 23.
1: And I know Chubb got hurt, but that's still surprising, isn't it? That he had that, How about that he's that high. Gus
0: Edwards with 22 third down rushing attempts.
1: That's a guy that to keep your eyes on, too, because Mark Ingram is gone here. This team wants to absolutely run the football. I like J.K. Dobbins. I took him in uh, in the third round, and I was stoked to do so last night in our KFFSC draft. But Gus Edwards has got a role in this offense. So and I if think he, J.K.
0: An Dobbins goes down,
1: mm.
0: I mean, Gus Edwards is suddenly a weekly RB2.
1: Yeah, because that O-line's good. Gus Edwards is like a five yards per carry kind of hammer. Yeah, you're absolutely right. If Dobbins goes down... Cause again, it comes down to opportunity when you're talking about these running backs, and again, third down opportunities are when teams are showing they rely on guys. So Gus Edwards is a guy that they're throwing in there to say, not throwing in there, but he's in there, and they're saying we need you to get this first down. So I'm I'm with you. I think he's a he's definitely a, a mid flyer, mid round flyer at running back, simply because of the outstanding position he's in, not necessarily his talent level in its own.
0: All right, let's wrap it up with some tight ends. We know Kelsey and Waller are studs, and rightfully so. I mean, just on third downs alone, Kelsey 41 targets, 25 catches. That's a 61% completion rate, which, uh, you know, target reception rate, I should say, which isn't all that great. But, man, Darren Waller smoked that. 75.7% catch rate with him inside on, I should say, on uh, third down indicators here. 37 targets, 28 catches, 352 yards. So talk about the money on the line. We know where Derek Carr likes to throw the football. Maybe maybe Waller's the reason Carr's numbers look so good to begin with.
1: Quite possibly. And I think Waller's another guy we talked about in different scenarios is, gosh, this guy could really take the next step by scoring a, more, a few more touchdowns. Uh, but he is definitely a guy that you would look to. If you were Derek Carr, who else would you look to? Yeah. I mean, seriously.
0: I mean, last year was Nelson Aguilar. Now he's gone, so the the options are fewer. Robert Tanya, we talked about him being, uh, you know, getting a decent share of those goal line opportunities. And even on third down, James, here's a guy that, I mean, granted it was limited. He only had 18 targets, but pulled in 13 of them. That's a 72.2% catch rate. That's pretty impressive for a young guy, four touchdowns in that regard. Uh, we're not going to get overly... Uh, zealous on Robert Tanya but you could certainly build a case for him as a back end tight end one again here in 2021
1: yeah absolutely I mean his rapport with Rodgers there's no question about that Uh, that there was a connection and Rodgers likes guys that catch the football when he throw it to him you can lose his trust you can gain his trust Robert Tanya currently has his trust so the fact that he's so he converts at a high rate that's going to do nothing but keep Aaron Rodgers looking his way in the future
0: Tyler Higby. We know Gerald Everett's gone. Last year, they battled for it. Higby came in last year with some buzz. It didn't come to fruition, so he's sort of a bust a year ago. He's right in that Robert Tanyan range, too. But granted, he only had seven targets on third down last year, but he caught every single one of them, right? 100% target catch rate. And with less competition for targets here with Everett out of the mix, like Tanyan, I really like Higby. I like Higby actually a tad ahead of Tanyan but both again as fringe top 10 tight ends.
1: Yeah. And here's what I'll say. Cause you mentioned Higby, you mentioned Tanyan. What I, what I notice about both of those guys and the rest of it, when you get to that crew of tight ends is I'm, I'm not, I'm not reaching for any of them because I think they're all a lot of the same thing, but we saw Higby be really good in that offense before uh, granted different quarterback under center, but before when he was the lone tight end. So there's plenty of reason to think he can be good. And this is a team that should be around the goal line a lot and, um. right they're going to win a lot of games they're going to score a lot of points there's no reason to think Higby I don't think he's going to be as electric as he was down the stretch a couple of years ago but I still think he's a starting tight end for weeks than not
0: yeah one final name to look at at the position Anthony Ferkser uh, quite a few targets on third down a year ago 27 pulled in 19 of them that's a 70.4 percent completion uh, catch rate I should say there and 34.7 fantasy points with John New Smith gone. Anthony Ferkser, a guy that uh, getting on the fantasy radar a bit here, James, is a deeper option at the position.
1: Yeah. um, The question has to be, where is he in the pecking order? There's no chance he's higher than fourth in the pecking order, assuming Julio Jones is healthy and on the field. That's my one problem there, because if they're near the goal line, and I know we're talking more third downs, um, but if it's third down, they're going to hand the ball to Derrick Henry. They've got the beast receivers i mean julio jones is not a small guy either so they've got two big physical guys to throw the football i don't question that ferks is going to have his moments how often will they need to have those moments but the benefit is their defense stinks so there's going to be times where all of those guys have to eat in order for this team to win
0: good stuff indeed third down indicators just playing up on all the other podcasts we've already done this week alone we're looking inside the red zone the green zone near the goal line who's getting it done Who's getting it done on these clutch situations? All trying to help us identify who's going to get it done this season in fantasy football. It's a lot to chew on. It's a lot to process. It's a lot to think about. So don't do it alone. Get some help. Our insiderfootball.com tools are exactly what you need. The Fantastics Draft Advisor. You can get a complimentary trial right now at insiderfootball.com while you're there. Go to the sign-up page. See the great deal we got going on with Thrive Fantasy. $20 deposit at insiderfootball.com to Thrive Fantasy on the link there. Can get you the touchdown package, all the regular season tools you need to win, and plus you get the 20 bucks to play over on Thrive Fantasy. James, some
1: final points, some final thoughts here on today's episode. Third down isn't always sexy, but... Anybody who played the game knows that that's where the game really changes. I mean, how many times can you look back to a third down conversion that was made or not made and oftentimes when it's made you don't know what would have happened and you're glad you don't have to at the end of a game? How many times have you seen the third down conversion just not quite come to fruition and either your team had to sweat it out or they lost a the game? The same's with fantasy. That's one thing, like we love to mix the two, fantasy and regular football, and how much th- how much they overlap and sometimes they very much don't. In this case, they absolutely overlap because third down conversion is important for your fantasy team to keep your player on the field. And it's important for your football team that you cheer for to keep them on the field, too. So this is one of those things that's it's good to dig into for both the real game and the fantasy game. And it's a great crossover. And uh, I enjoy looking into it because that's that's like when people's you know, that's when you hold your water. Or you don't man. That's when you you earn your money. That's when you play the pressure shine. It makes you shine.
0: All right, that's all the time we have for today. If you want to keep up with the podcast, you can do it at InsiderFootball.com here at any time. Subscribe wherever you listen, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. We'll be back next week. Two more episodes ahead. We're going to get into some Do Not Touch Fantasy players and catch you up on some training camp preseason headlines as we turn the page, how some of those position battles are getting there. And, of course, we're also going to take a dive into the Fantastics Fantasy Draft plan. Essentially. Round by round, tiers, different ways to approach your draft. James and I will come up with that for you. And still, you want to also catch us on weekends. You can get us 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio with the Fantastics Insider Football Show there. Until then, for James Adams, I'm Dan Claskins. Best of luck in all your drafts ahead. We'll see you next time right here on the Fantastics Insider Football Podcast.